0: Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are still in John chapter 12 as we are uncovering what Jesus is talking about in response to Philip and Andrew trying to bring these Greeks to come and see Jesus. They request an audience with him and and Jesus has this interesting response um, where he says some really um, deep things um, where he's pointing out really a lot of the heart and the message of the gospel. Last week we talked about uh, how Jesus was pointing out his troubled soul on his way to the cross and how Jesus really carried this suffering um, that can give us confidence. Now having his spirit inside of us and having him going through the worst of the worst extremes of what we could be going through or processing, that because Jesus has gone through that already and he has placed his spirit in us, the same spirit that was in him when he conquered the suffering that he endured, uh, we can walk confidently into life knowing that we have the helper the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of us, doing work inside our hearts and in our minds. But he leaves off, uh, and last week, uh, John chapter 12, uh, we went 27 to the top of 28, where he says, um, basically, man, what what should I say? Like, is my soul troubled or should I ask God to save me? And then he says, uh, but for this purpose, I have come to this hour pointing to the cross that I am on my way to the cross to defeat sin and death. And then he says in verse 28, Father, glorify your name. Now, something very significant happens after this. Uh, So let's read it together and then we'll talk about it. So in verse 28, it says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Pretty remarkable. Uh, So we hear this booming voice, right? Right? All of a sudden, as Jesus is saying, Father, glorify your name. It's like God the Father enters into the conversation and says, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And the thing that's so significant about this is, obviously, this is a booming voice that comes from heaven, which which isn't necessarily talking... Uh, a a lot of times there's this confusion between, oh man, like the clouds open up and, and everybody saw this place in the sky and, and this voice came down. Heavens is sort of a little bit more of a vague term. I was actually talking with somebody, um, this week about our perception of heaven. This is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I think it's important um and how if you study end times it t- it says that the heavens and the earth or the he- that heaven and the earth will be recreated right that this will happen um in the end and then in revelation of course it ends with this city that is is recreated this world that is recreated where where then there's the tree of life and a river flowing from it and and The light in that place is like the sun, but it is actually the glory of God radiating and creating light in the world. Pretty amazing picture. But we immediately go to this place and go, oh man, I can't wait to go to heaven. I can't wait to go to heaven. But really, the reality of what scripture tells us is it's not necessarily heaven that is the wonderful place, it will be the earth. And the way I can equate it, um, is God has this kingdom, right? That he's establishing and he's established, uh, in, in the rescue plan that he's gone to rescue us as human beings who have fallen short of the glory of God. And he has set in motion a rescue plan to rescue the earth, the place in which we dwell, the place in which in Genesis, it says, be fruitful and multiply. He made man and woman in his image to reign and to rule, right? Um, To fill the earth and subdue it. Um, And he has put us in in a place to reign and to rule. We we royally, to keep with the theme, screwed that up. Um, And now he has set into place this rescue plan through the person of Jesus through the cross that then he can place his spirit inside of us to sanctify us, make us holy. We can have relationship with him and then we can usher in his kingdom. And then we get into end time stuff and there's a process to reestablishing the earth and reestablishing heaven and earth. But a lot of times we talk about, hey, I'm heading to heaven. I can't wait to be in heaven. When that's sort of thinking about the castle of the kingdom, right? Where the throne room is and, and where the, the, the king lives and all of that, that, that we're, th- we're more focused on the castle rather than the kingdom itself. Um, but we get to live in the kingdom. Um, and we don't, the castle is, a. am sure it's going to be a wonderful place. Like heaven is, is a great place. We see pictures in, in scripture about, this this throne room and and there are all these heavenly creatures and they're worshiping and it's like almost shock waves of worship um, and his glory and all that and it sounds wonderful but we get to live in the kingdom the new heaven and the new earth so when it says heavens um, I feel like we see heaven as this like focal point point. and yes it is it is a, where the throne room of God is and and we could we could go on forever about sort of the study of heaven but. The kingdom is what we should get excited about. So that's that's a little bit of a rabbit trail. But it says that this voice came from heaven. So it came from the direction above um, is the important part, the dwelling place of God, the father. And he's speaking to Jesus saying, I have glorified it. I have glorified it. Now, what does that mean? I have glorified it he is talking about the person of Jesus. So just like we were made in his image, right? To bear his image, Jesus is, um, all human, um, but also all God. And, and Hebrews one really describes this well. And it's talking about the radiance, like Jesus is the exact representation, like the radiance of God. So I've talked about this before that, that the sun is this big ball of fire, and um, its rays are its radiance. So, sort of the effect, um, the the heat that comes off of it, the solar flares that come off of the sun, right? So, um, he that Jesus is the exact representation, and so it, it, God is glorified in the person of Jesus, in the representation of Him, in in its truest. Form. We were made in the image of God, but Jesus is the exact representation of God. You see the difference there? So he has, I have glorified it. So the glory of God fully rests on Jesus. And then it goes to say, and I will glorify it again. So this is talking about things to come, that on the cross, Jesus will be glorified as he defeats sin on the cross and takes the punishment that we deserve. Again, he took our sin on the cross. And then he dies and he raises again and defeats death, the death that we deserve. He defeats that as well. And then he is high and lifted up. Now, when we hear the word lifted up in scripture, because Jesus goes back, um, into that in verse 32 it says, and and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, uses this terminology. And this is really important to remember um, that this is something that would be very familiar to the people who are around hearing. That this idea of being lifted up, it actually comes from a place in the Bible. Uh, Numbers 21, uh, I believe, let's see here. Numbers 21 uh there's this interesting story. Um and this has a lot to do with um really the the gospel in general, but Jesus draws everybody's attention after this voice says this, the voice of the father, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd stood there and heard it. So everyone's hearing this voice. Everyone's wondering what this means. Um this it, What didn't happen in a prayer closet, this didn't happen in private, but this is this booming voice, just like when Jesus is baptized and this voice comes from the direction of heaven, right? It comes from above and says, this is my son of whom I am well pleased, right? So the crowd that stood there heard it and said it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus clarifying says, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So this, uh, I see the key to this being this text in Numbers 21 and it's a really interesting story. I recommend you go and read it. Um, again, Numbers twenty-one. Um, it technically is from verse four uh, on through, and um, yeah, it it's a story about how Israel, of course, um, is complaining, and. Because of their complaining, uh, these fiery serpents are sent. Again, this is really weird, and it's a really weird picture of the gospel. These fiery serpents are sent, and they bite the people of Israel. So a number of people are getting sick um, from these poisonous, fiery serpents, and they're getting really sick. And they realize, wow, this is this is the cause Like, this is what happens when I complain, when I rebel against God, when I'm discontent, when I'm not grateful to God, this is what happens. And they immediately are convicted and recognize that this has come because of the sin in their heart, because of the rebellion against God. And it, it talks about it like, oh man, the people just knew they had sinned. And they went to Moses and said, we have sinned. Will you pray to the Lord that he would take these away? And God doesn't take away the serpents, which is really interesting, but he tells Moses to erect this, this, uh, bronze serpent that's wrapped around a pole to put it up so that when people are bit by the fiery serpents and they look up to the serpent that had been lifted up, they will be healed. And many of you, uh, have probably seen the the symbol in a lot of medical, um, instances, like there's this, this logo almost like we think we see this logo and we're like, oh man, healing's on the way of this serpent that's wrapped around a pole. Right. And, um, that comes from numbers 21, um, that comes straight out of the Bible, that there was this serpent that was built, uh, this bronze serpent that was built to, that when people looked on it, when Israel looked upon this serpent, they were healed. Now, I love this because within this, this weird, really weird picture, we see the people of Israel have this shift in their heart where they are against God, Right. This is the state of humanity since the fall that we sort of have this selfish mentality, right? And we go into rather loving God and loving people. We love ourselves and thus fall into this rebellion against the way God created us and intended for us to live. And then there's this recognition of the negative effects of sin, being, being brought on by these fiery serpents. So it could could be our flesh, as Paul talks about, right in Romans six, seven, and eight, but it could also be spiritual warfare. That there's an opposing force out there that's causing this effect in our life, and we need we need help. And they recognize that we need help, and then we look up to this this symbol. Right, which is the serpent, which then can be compared to Jesus on the cross, dying for our sins, his greatest moment of love and grace on all of humanity. Right, We look up at him and we recognize who he is. We see it with our eyes. We look upon him and we are healed. And not just healed, but his spirit comes inside of us. That's where, where it diverts from this place. But as we look at the cross, God, who is lifted up, just like the serpent that God asked Moses to put up to heal them, as we look at Jesus on the cross, we are healed. And we get, as we gaze on Jesus, to be transformed by his spirit. We talked about this a few weeks ago in 1 Corinthians 3 18, where as we gaze upon the glory of God, Um, and we discover who he is, his spirit comes inside of us and does the work in our hearts and our minds and transforms us into the person that God created us to be. He does all the work. And so the reason I bring this up is because Jesus brings this up about now is the judgment. And I think a lot of times we see Jesus... Uh, And we've talked about this before as the police officer, the judge with the gavel. But in Israel's case, if you were bitten by a serpent and you look up or you were bitten by the serpent and you know in your uh, city that, hey, there's this serpent, this bronze serpent that's in the middle of town. If you just go look at it, you'll be healed. Would you just go home and die? Would you just go home and sort of fester in your injuries or would you go and look? Would you go and look at the cross? Would you go and and look at the thing that would would heal you? And that's the interesting thing is we see judgment as somebody else incurring something on us. But as we as followers of Jesus and other followers of Jesus go out and spread the good news of what Jesus has done, the judgment isn't necessarily coming from this, this judge, right? Now there is a judgment in the end, in the end times. We talked about end times a little bit with the heaven thing, but right now the message is that Jesus has died on the cross for you and me, and we can walk in the fullness of, of what God created us to live in, which is love and light. And, and his spirit brings us All sorts of blessings and benefits, but we live for the glory of God. If we would just look upon the cross, but that is the judgment. Are you going to go and look at the cross or not? Are you, are you going to live in death? Are you just going to get bit by a serpent and go home? Or are you going to go and look at the cross and gaze on the cross and witness who God is and what he has done for us and live in the fullness? Are you going to live in the healing? Are you going to be healed and walk in that healing? Or are you going to go back to complaining? So many comparisons in this story. So this week, what, what I want you to do is read, 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 uh, Numbers 21, read this story, and I want you to think about that. Man, it, would you let it shape the way you share the message of who Jesus is? Um, would you let it shape um, your mindset on maybe what judgment is even? And you know I'm going to be praying that you hear the voice of the Lord audibly. I haven't yet. Um, really, God speaks in a lot of other ways, but how cool would that be? Um, But let's think about that. Let's think about judgment and let our perception of the judgment of God be changed and transformed because it's really driven by the grace and love of Jesus and not a God with a gavel. Hey, I love you guys so much. Hopefully this is a blessing to you. I can't wait to talk with you again next week. Looking forward to it.